This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So, Trav, I actually have used BetterHelp in the past, and it was a really, really great experience. I loved my therapist. He gave me a lot of great tools that I still use to this day. You know, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Good news is therapy does work. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be, really. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and you would like some tools to help. Maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever it is you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And we've got a special offer for No Filler listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com slash No Filler. That's BetterHelp.com slash No Filler. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. You know, that genre of music, and I'm loath to call it uh, shoegazing, but it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was loud rock and roll without the machismo. That's what, that's what shoegazing was, I think, if it, if it was anything. And that was certainly what we embraced. I mean, the idea of, you know, having to put your foot on the monitor and pull ridiculously aggressive faces and pretend that you're something that you're not. We were just, whatever, whatever took the emphasis off the individuals in the band was something that was, at the time, was something that we embraced. Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. With me, as always, is my brother Travis. Today, we are covering Catherine Wheel and their second studio album from 93, Chrome. And um, didn't take long, dude. We found our way back to Shoegaze. Well, that's what's interesting about this band, Q. So, as the guy was saying in the in the intro there, the guy being um, the lead singer, his name is Rob Dickinson, in that intro clip that we played, um, the Shoegaze label got thrown onto them, but really, the only reason was for the guitar sound. But other than that, I would not call them a, a like classic, traditional-sounding Shoegaze band, but they have Shoegaze elements to them which makes them so interesting because it's really like a mix of shoegaze and new wave and grunge 
all mixed up in one enchilada. So that intro track is called Crank, which is track three on Chrome. And yeah, man, that had all the elements of grunge with the distortion and the guitar riffs, everything. But I guess, so his point really is they're not trying to be a rock and roll band, quote unquote. Yeah. His comment was more like what his take on shoegaze was, like shoegazing. And he was talking about how it wasn't about the band. It wasn't about the front man who's up there like gyrating and stuff like that. You know what I mean? With leather pants and stuff. <laughs> like Van Halen or something. Yeah. And that's that's a theme just in general with 90s rock, right? That's what the grunge movement was all about. Like, let's move past all this like showmanship that's tied to rock and roll that like the 80s was all about, you know? Like, let's just get up there with our plaid shirts on. And, like, who gives a shit, you know? Yeah, and I'll mention um, again our interview with David Brown, the author of Goodbye 20th Century, the biography on Sonic Youth. We spent a lot of time talking about that at the beginning of the of the show. So yeah, it's it was all about trying to make rock real again, right? Isn't I think that was the quote. Yeah. And that's exactly it, dude. So so here's the thing about this band. Their very first record, Ferment, came out in nineteen ninety one. And I've got some more interview clips um from that interview. And this was that interview was like in the two thousands, so it was past the band the band had already dissolved at that point uh so he was kind of you know hindsight right so he's reflecting back on it and stuff and like he wasn't you know they needed a singer and he just became the singer by default because he was the only one i guess that had any sort of singing voice like they you know they they formed in uh this town in england called great yarmouth and so like you know nobody it's not like a band, uh, you know, a place where, you know, there's just rock and roll singers on every street corner, right? It wasn't a big city or anything like that. So they couldn't find anybody else to sing. So he just sang by default. And so on the first record, his vocals aren't as like, he's not as confident in his vocals as he becomes on Chrome. And so his voice was a little bit more subdued, which combined with the guitar work, it sounded like a shoegaze band, but they weren't intending to be a shoegaze band. So here's a quote from um, from uh, Pitchfork. So worth mentioning, Ferment was number 23 on Pitchfork's 50 best shoegaze albums of all time. And here's a quote that, that, that kind of spells it out perfectly. This is by uh, Ben Cardew of Pitchfork. He says, while they embraced the swirling, distorted guitars and muttered vocals of shoegaze, their sound edged towards straight-up riff rock at times, with nothing of My Bloody Valentine's deviant experimentalism or Slow Dive's feathery beauty. And that tees up Chrome perfectly because... Yeah, definitely. As he was talking about the singer and all that, like they were still trying to find their sound and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to let him say something here this is a, a pretty good quote so here's another clip of rob dickinson he was interviewed by uh this publication or this uh media company called the lowdown um so here he is talking about their early sound i became the singer in the band purely by default because we couldn't really find anyone in our little town to to sing 
So I sang on the demos and rather genuinely, reluctantly kind of became the singer. So I became the singer not wanting to be um, a rock star or, or the focal point of the band. I just we, we just needed someone to sing the songs at, uh, with a sound which was intrinsically who had the guitars with the stars in, in, in the in the in the in the initial inception of the group. And as we made more records, we became more confident in our songwriting, and I became a more confident singer. Now that to me, guitars were the stars. Guitars were the stars. That that's a good way to describe shoegaze in a lot of ways, right? Because what do you think of when you think of shoegaze? You think of the the wall of sound. The relentless wall of sound, yeah. The uh, glide guitar. And the vocals are drowned out in that sound. Exactly, dude. But as he's about to say there, he becomes more confident as a singer. And then Chrome, his, his vocals are a little bit more front and center. But before we get to Chrome, I do want to play a couple of tracks, just the beginning at least, so that you can hear that shoegaze sound that was very, very pr- prominent on Ferment. Uh, before we get to Chrome. Keep in mind, too, that Ferment came out the same year that Loveless came out. And the same year that Nevermind came out. And that's another part of it, too, because Chrome, as we heard with that intro song, Killed Rhythm, starts to sound more like your traditional grunge stuff. That's because we're two years into into the grunge movement. But anyway, all right, I'm going to play a song here. Now, you're going you're gonna to hear this, Q, and you're going to say... And that's a shoegaze song, and you wouldn't be wrong. But uh, the singer and the rest of the group didn't really consider themselves a shoegaze band. But as he said, the, it was all about the guitars, and that's that's kind of what made it classified as that. But here we go. Uh, here's a song called Flower to Hide off the record Ferment. some good shoegaze dude not straight up loveless shoegaze right but almost a wall of sound right from the you know second one it's just that guitar just coming at you loud right like i said i think last week i brought the song texture uh as a a what you heard pick and i was blown away by that that's the opening track off of ferment but i think we talked about this and i think you hear it on that song too that we just played I mean, maybe it's just his his accent, but like to me, I'm think I think of like Tears for Fears or something like that, the new wave vocal sound, and I think that goes to, to like again, like you know, he hadn't found his own voice yet, so I think he was just kind of these are bands that we're that we're fans of. Like I know there were his vocals didn't sound like 
Joy Division at all, but I know that they were fans of Joy Division. They mentioned that a few times in some interviews and stuff that I read. So like, you know, they were they were influenced by New Wave in the 80s. And so it's an interesting like mix. So all right, let, let's let's jump down one more track real quick just to to continue to to give you a vibe of ferment so that you can even more appreciate Chrome. Here's another song. This song is called Bill and Ben. It's great. Dude, Ferment is a great record as well, but it really, it, it does have a, a very different sound. So um, that leads us to Chrome Q. So again, that song was called Bill and Ben. Again, guitars front and center. The guitars are the stars, just like you said, right? That's what their goal was for making music. That's what they cared about. They didn't care about, you know, drawing attention to themselves as, as band members, right? It wasn't about his voice. It wasn't about a front man or anything like that. Like it was about the guitars, right? Here is one more um, clip from that interview uh, before we get into Chrome here. It was all about the noise. It was all about the kind of the, the kind of sweet cacophony that we could uh, create with without having to have the usual paraphernalia of a, of a, of a rock band, which none of us liked. It's all about that sweet cacophony. <laughs> yeah. But I just like that quote. It was all about the noise, right? Yeah. That's, that's another another good way to describe shoegaze. Guitars are the stars, and it's all about the noise, right? So that's what's interesting about Catherine Wheel is that they had that, like, the emphasis on guitars and noise, but they weren't trying to make, you know, like this guy from Pitchfork was saying earlier, like the, the more, like, you know, dreamy quality of shoegaze that shoegaze sometimes has. Um, the feathery beauty of slow dive, right? Yeah, yeah. or anything like that. Like this, they were a, a, a legit rock band, if you will. But they had, you know, they embraced some of that, like the straight up riff rock the guitar quality that everybody loves about shoegaze. Yeah, the riff rock thing. So yeah, it's more, it's like the shoegaze guitar tone, but more like traditional rock sounding riffs and stuff. And that's what Chrome is all about. Okay, so let's let's jump to Chrome here. So. Here's another very key part to what made Chrome 
sound like Chrome is that they worked with Gil Norton as the producer. And if that sounds familiar to you, he worked with the Pixies. Um, I want to say he did do little in 1989. So a few years prior. Right. And we talked about that record. That's, um, you know, what, what made the Pixies stand out was kind of like some of that aggression. Right. And some of that like heavier sound. It was the aggression, but with like the really classic song structure from like, like a sixties song structure, but like super aggressive and weird. Yeah. So here is a quote from the bass player at the time of these two records. His name was Dave Hawes. He said, the main thing I remember when going to record Chrome was that we didn't just want to make Ferment 2. And through continually touring between Ferment and going in to record Chrome, we had evolved into a harder sounding band. It just seemed a natural process. And so Chrome turned into a harder sounding album. And I think Gil Norton was the perfect producer for us at that point in time. So there you go. So Gil's definitely part of what makes Chrome sound like Chrome. So here we go. Let's jump right into it here. Chrome had a couple of singles, Crank and Show Me Mary. So yeah, I've got I've got four songs and we're just going to jump right into it here, Q, because th- this record's amazing. And the last song I'm going to play for us is like one of my all-time favorite songs from the 90s. It has become that for me. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. So this song is called Broken Head. Love the uh, cadence of his vocal melodies. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what 
that's what makes Chrome stand out. Well, Catherine Real stand out really is him as a vocalist. Um, you know, and it, I always think it's interesting when these singers are like, "Hey, you know, we needed a singer, so I, I just whatever. I guess I started singing, and they end up being these like really amazing rock vocalists, right?" I always think back to No Doubt and uh, Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani, yeah, she wasn't the original lead singer, and she just kind of filled in the the space when it was vacant. Or like Sade, dude. Sade was the same. She was a ba- she was one of the background vocalists, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's one of those. It's just like perfect timing, perfect. Um, all the cards fell. Stars were aligning. Uh, you know, yeah. Because if they had formed in in a in London or something, they would have had their their pick of singers, you know, to come in and 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 sing, and it wouldn't have been the same, you know. It wouldn't have been Catherine Wheel. Yeah. Speaking of stars aligning, dude, I love these lyrics. A post-euphoric grin, an astronaut I've been, astronomic feelings, a face like Luna. That's great. Yeah, and that's something, there, there's a space theme on this record on a few tracks, and part of me wants to throw the space rock label on them, which we'll talk about that um, in a few weeks when we do Hum, because we've decided we're going to do an episode on Hum, which is another great iconic alt rock band from the 90s but they had the space rock label on them because of some of the lyrics that they you know it, it really does seem like space rock you know aside from the sound like there was a sound associated with it but they had to sing about space in some form or another to get that label on them it seems like yeah and you remember that band spiritualized yeah that i, I don't remember if we did a, a full sidetrack on them i think that was a sidetrack for the smashing pumpkins for Gish. They got that label too, and that was all around the same time, early 90s. Yeah. Space Rock, Neo Psychedelia, Shoegaze. Right. Well, I think all of that is in this uh, record, you know? I think, like, sonically, it's it's got, like, a spacey atmosphere to it. Yeah, and I think that, that has everything to do with the guitar tone. The guitar tone, yeah. There's usually some amount of, of distortion, you know? Paired with that shoegaze tone. Totally. And that's part of it, too. And that's what makes me think of, like, Cave-In. You know, Cave-In antenna, at least. Antenna, yeah. The sound of that record, you know. Definitely. It's all about the the guitars of the stars, you know, as he says. So, anyway. All right, let's skip down here to the next track. It's not all grunge um, or heavier sounding. There's some, some lighter songs on this record as well. This is one of those songs. So this song is called Strange Fruit.
Catherine Wheel. <laughs> that was the name of our What You Heard episode, Q. Where has Catherine Wheel been all of our lives? Because, it, yeah, it's one of those bands where it's like, gosh, I don't remember seeing them on MTV or like hearing them on our local like rock station. Maybe they just didn't find their way to the States, to yeah. the US. Yeah, it's for, you know, like, like some of the bands from the UK made it big over here as well. Some of them didn't. Yeah, or they were just drowned out by by Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots and all the bands that were dominating the US, especially MTV and stuff like that. Like they just I'm sure that you know what, I'm sure they were on, you know, MTV, but yeah, just didn't they didn't rise to 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 get our attention cuz you know, you and I were too young. We were only listening to Yeah, really it's Spencer's it's our older brother's fault. He didn't listen to them, so it's his fault. But no, we we got we got a, a a healthy dose of of pumpkins and pilots and all the all the bands that we were supposed to be listening to. I think in the nineties, we weren't really seeking out music at that time. We you know the music was just coming to us, whatever yeah. found its way to our earbuds. Right, to listen to right. That was great, man. I love it. I love the the harmonizing. Yeah, harmonizing is great. His his vocals are again like that. That to me is what makes this this band. Um, aside from the great guitar work, it's it's Rob Dickinson as a as a guitar player. I'm sorry, as a as a vocalist that does it. You know, really great. So here's uh, another quote from Pitchfork here. So like I said, Ferment was number 23 on their 50 best shoegaze records of all time. Chrome was number nine. So this is top 10 shoegaze records. Wow. So they're they're sticking with that label as far as like throwing it throwing it on this record. But um, yeah, so uh, as this uh, writer here says, Brad Nelson, for their second album, Catherine Wheel hired the Pixies and Throwing Muses mastermind Guild Norton as a producer. It's a considerably more, considerably more focused record, both in songwriting and the visibility of its instrumentation. Norton sharpens what ferment intentionally blurred, dragging a whirling shoegaze design around cleaner guitar tones and Rob Dickinson's honeyed vocals. Every chord on chrome is a crisp, metallic clang trapped in a halo of hazy and seductive noise, a membrane through which the individual notes branch like nerves. You see, Q, we're not writers. <laughs> <laughs> when I was trying to describe space rock earlier, I feel like that's what I was looking for. Crisp, metallic clang trapped in a halo of hazy and seductive noise. Like you were saying earlier, it's shoegaze, but it's not the traditional, like it's not the shoegaze that My Bloody Valentine was doing. I think it's the, like the hypnotic, like repetitiveness of Loveless 
style shoegaze that it's lacking. Like like that like that other um, quote that you that you brought earlier. It, it's got the more rock centered riffs. Straight up riff rock is what is what uh, he said, and that, yeah, that's what it is. It's it's a band utilizing the shoegaze sound, but they're writing they're not writing shoegaze songs. If that makes sense, it's straight up rock songs, but with all the 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 characteristics of of the shoegaze sound you know that's what makes it so so awesome so great and his vocals aren't buried behind all the noise yeah you know i think that's a big part of it too that is a big part of it his vocals are not shoegaze vocals at all all right i got two more songs for us let's uh skip i'm actually you know usually we try to play this in order but i want to save my last pick for last so we're going to jump down to track number nine and here comes that space theme again dude This song is called Ursa Major Space Station. jam cue it's not quite grunge it's not quite shoegaze it, yeah it flirts i didn't actually get the, the very last i wanted to read this lyric the very last line of the song is let's take a rocket ship to mars and anchor off the satellite for lonely hearts such a special place in outer space yeah <laughs> that's not space rock i don't know what is yeah no kidding <laughs> but these nine yeah 90s Rock bands, there's some some sort of fascination with space. I don't know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, killer song. I mean, isn't that like uh, what's the name of that one slow dive record? Slovakia. Oh yeah, Slovakia, Slovakia space station. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I don't know if they're 
doing an intentional nod to like a slow dive, especially since they they know they're getting that shoegaze label on them. Right. So I don't know if they're doing that on purpose, but um, but yeah, I mean, shit. The band Polaris that we talked about a few weeks ago. Talk about space. There's like Polaris. There's like, uh, you know, NASA audio clips in some of the songs and stuff. You found the Earth. Yeah, Saturnine, stuff like that. Polaris is the name of a freaking constellation or something. Anyway, something was going around in the 90s. But but yeah, again, the guitar. Love the guitar. There's like a little phaser or like a flanger type effect on the guitar sound, which certainly adds to the space rock sound or like the psychedelic uh, sound that they're, that they're bringing into that. But it also just contributes to the shoegaze sound too the noise it's all about the noise guitars or the stars right it's kind of that neo psychedelia yeah so here's another quote from that uh pitchfork write-up he said few rock records sound like this and if i could just stop there i agree with that i mean that's like you were saying uh it's like you the sound is familiar because it's a bunch of different things that work really, really well together. Cause like it's a little bit of grunge. It's a little bit of shoegaze. It's a little bit of new wave. Maybe just cause of his voice, the way he sings, the way his cadence and stuff. It's like if the cure was in a grungy shoegaze or tears for fears. I, I think to me, I'm reminded of tears for fears guy. Yeah. But, um, and then I think you said this last time, I can't remember his name. Maybe you can pull it. Um, the lead singer of Bush. Kind of sounds like this. Gavin a Rosdale. Bit. Gavin Rosdale. Yeah, he does. I, I'm getting those vibes. But he, you know, arguably a grunge band. I know that that uh, people will fight you on that. This does remind me of Bush. Yeah, it really does. And that's probably because because there's that little grunge element, and maybe because he's they're, they're British, right? But um, yeah, this here's another quote here. So where many shoegaze bands would resign themselves to two, three monochromatic notes. Dickinson's vocal melodies are dynamic, vivid, and exhibit an astral quality. There's the spaceness, right? Space quality. They burn, shimmer, and glow against these songs. It's as if Chrome were imported from another history of alt-rock, one more textured and romantic. Man, this guy's a writer. A bona fide writer. It's almost like they get paid to write. (laughs) That's another thing that I was searching for, um with the more traditional quote unquote shoegaze, it's the monochromatic notes. Like they don't really stray too far from two to three notes in every song that they sing. And that's part of what you like about what we like about shoegaze. I mean, yeah, part it, of it, it it's that, that hypnotic quality. That yeah. The repetitiveness of it and stuff like that. They, yeah. It kind of drones on. Right. 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 But yeah. And that's, that's why, that's why Catherine wheel isn't, a traditional shoegaze band because they don't do that at all. They're writing traditional sounding rock songs, right? All right. One last song to close us out, Q, and get ready to float. Your favorite song from the 90s. Get ready to levitate. I'm ready, man. This song, uh, the the chorus is just like soaring, dude. Like I said, start flapping your wings (laughs) because you're about to fly. I'm going to fly straight to that Ursa Major. Yeah. You're about to you're about to take a rocket ship to Mars. Uh, it's a lot of hype, but I think the hype is warranted. So this song is called "The Nude." Technically, it was put out as a UK single promo single. 
Well, we, should, we don't have to tell anyone that, dude. But I mean, promo single. It, 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 the the way that it was released is as a remix. So I mean, that's not really the that doesn't count. All right, I, I think that's it's fair game. Yeah, then. doesn't count. We can play it. Exactly. All right, this song is called "The Nude." tired now it was doing all the flapping for me dude took me there that chorus man he hits all the right notes for me i really liked the little guitar ditty between the chorus and uh, verse two yeah and it's so different than the rest of the record it's got that very clean guitar sound yeah which is almost absent from the record and it's kind of a more of a traditional more yeah more clean alt rock sound maybe that you'd associate with rem right so we talked about last time how they they had the jangly guitar sound from the 60s which was absent of distortion right but um this is where i i hear i'm gonna keep saying it tears for fears like that very like open sounding like soaring chorus you know makes me think of um makes me think of head over heels i freaking love that album so much dude songs from the big chair at some point q mm. we'll make it we'll make our way to to tears for fears I definitely want to try to stick with this alt-rock stuff from the mid-80s through the 90s because there's just so much to to discover still. Yeah, Catherine Will being one of those bands I had no clue about up until a few years ago. So, well, yeah, there you go, dude. If I haven't convinced you to, to hit play on Chrome and Ferment, really, start with Ferment. Um, just know that, that um, Ferment's going to be a little bit more, I would say a little bit more shoegazy. That's the funny thing is... Um, his vocals are so soft and a little bit more subdued on Ferment, and that's because he hadn't found his voice yet. And so, by the time you get to Chrome, you add 
you had Gil as a producer, grunge is happening, and like all that was like the perfect recipe for Catherine Will to really stand out with this record. Yeah, the one thing that I've learned since we started this podcast is just how important the producer is with the final overall sound of an album, you know? Absolutely. I mean, the big revelation for me was when I found out that Nigel Godric did both Talkie Walkie by Air and Sea Change by Beck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. those albums stand out, and they're so different from the rest of the catalog of both of those artists, and it had so much to do with Nigel Godric producing it. Yeah, and, and, you know, Butch Vig, who did Nevermind and a bunch of other stuff from the 90s, right? And Butch Vig did that uh, Sonic Youth record. I can't remember which one. Yeah. The, you know, they're going to push the band. If a good producer is going to push the band to, to to go that much further to, to, to get a, a song to sound exactly how it needs to sound, right? And that's it, man. Anyway, so again, that was Catherine Wheel, and that album was called Chrome. Uh, after this, they put out a couple more records, um, and their their sound, I believe, kind of changed. They kind of came into fully into their own on this record called Happy Days, and I confess I haven't really listened much to it, but um, Happy Days, I believe, had a couple more singles on there, um, but Chrome is kind of what they're known for. Chrome is their, their crowning achievement, if you will. Texture is still one of my favorite songs ever, dude. Hit play on Ferment. It's track one. Texture blew me away. That's what drew me into Catherine Wheel, and then I—it's great. I listened to Chrome, and and yeah. Let's uh, let's do Texture as our outro song. Totally, dude. Good call. All right. So um, yeah, like we said, like we've been saying the last couple of weeks, we're gonna kind of stay in this pocket of '90s alt rock for as long as we can, really. So uh, next week we're gonna talk about a band called Pale Saints. And Q, you're gonna kind of lead that one. Because I haven't, I don't think I've, uh, you know, I, I might, I might know a song or two, but haven't really spent much time with Pale Saints, so I'm kind of excited. I remember hearing a song of theirs from an album of theirs called "The Comforts of Madness," which was their debut album for, that came out in 1990, uh, a while ago on on just a random Spotify playlist, and then they popped up again with a song from one of their singles that came out in between Comforts of Madness and their next full length, which is called In Ribbons, that came out in 92. And that's the album that we're going to focus on next week. And, I mean, they, dude, they are the perfect companion to Catherine Wheel. Well, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in cold, dude. Please do, yeah. This album blew me away. I think I might cover a song from that single as well because it, it felt kind of more like a, a B-side okay. album. So I'm going to say it's fair game for us. But yeah, man, this this album blew me away. Uh, they get the shoegaze genre thrown on them, but again, it's it's different than the My Bloody Valentine formula. It is more in line with with Catherine Wheel. Well, after that, we are going to talk about Hum, as I said earlier, and we're going to cover their 1998 record, Downward is Heavenward. So, if you need a reason to to tune in the next couple of weeks, there's two reasons right there. And then after that, I believe will be our next What You Heard. So yes. lots of good music coming up. If you're a fan of 90s rock or if you're like us and you're kind of discovering this kind of stuff for the first time, hopefully we can introduce you to some new bands. Hopefully Catherine Wheel hasn't been on your radar. Um, but yeah, Downward is Heavenward by Hum is one of my favorite 90s records. So I can't wait to share that one with you, Q. 
if you haven't really paid attention to it. Uh, no, the only songs that I'm familiar with are the ones that you brought to to what you heard long time ago. I brought a, a, a record, a, a song off of this record, so I'll have to see which one I brought. But um, probably Green to Me or Mrs. Lazarus, Miss Lazarus. But um, they're all good, so I'll have plenty to choose from. All right. Well, as always, you can find us on Instagram. Just search for No Filler Podcast. Sometimes we'll share stuff on there. <laughs> Usually we don't, but <laughs> you know, that's a place to get in touch with us. If you want to, t- if you want to reach out to us and give us ideas for albums to talk about. Share a song with us that you've been listening to lately, and 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 we'll sneak it into our What You Heard episode at the end. Um, so follow us on Instagram. We're also part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. That's pantheonpodcast.com, home of many, many great music-centered podcasts. As always, thank you to AKG for sponsoring the show. And yeah, next week we'll come at you with some Pale Saints. And we're going to close out this episode with Texture by Catherine Wheel off of their record, Ferment. And that's it. My name is Travis. And I'm Quentin. Y'all take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.